بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أستغفر الله اللهم إني أسألك الجنة وأعوذ بك من النار أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أستغفر الله اللهم إني أسألك الجنة وأعوذ بك من النار أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أستغفر الله Allahumma inni as'aluka al-jannah wa a'udhu bika min al-nar. These are four du'as which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam encouraged us to recite abundantly throughout the month of Ramadan. The first two uh, makes us worthy of the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the second two is seeking protection from Jahannam and asking Allah for Jannah are two needs which we cannot do without. Alhamdulillah in tonight's recitation there were many verses related to the stories of the Anbiya alayhim salatu was salam the story of Sayyidina Nuh السلام, and how for many years he invited his nation to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be obedient to Allah, to live righteous lives and for 950 years they rebelled against him until when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent his punishment in the form of a storm and floods Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destroyed those who rejected and those who seemed to be the downtrodden ones were the ones that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had honored. There is a particular verse uh, in this particular story. It comes in the books of Hadith that the Quraysh, they put out a challenge. You see, one of the, the miracles of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the miraculous nature of the words of the Qur'an. The, the, the sentence construction, the choice of words, all these are part of the miracles of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So the Quraysh, they set out a challenge. They said, if there's anybody who is able to present some verse or some chapter equal in eloquence in the Arabic language to uh, the Quran, then they promised him many good things of this world materially. There was a person by the name of Abdullah bin Muqaffa. He took up the challenge and he sat down. And for six months, he prepared poetic form of Arabic uh, literature and his ideas which he thought would be able to impress the minds and the hearts of the, of the, the, the poets at that time. And just for people like us who have uh, a very simple language in comparison to the depth of the Arabic language, the Arab poets were able to recite poetry from sunset to sunrise without repeating the same word twice. So if they have, for example, a horse, then there's 114 names for a horse. Any slight dif difference in the color of a horse will have a different name. If he's got a white mark on his forehead or he's got white marks on his, on his feet, then there are different names for these horses. So this person, he was known for his eloquence in Arabic and he prepared and he tried whatever he could. And one day he was passing by a house of one of the believers in Mecca and he heard this verse being recited. وَقِيلَ يَا أَرْضُ بَلَعِي مَا أَكِي وَيَا سَمَاءُ أَقْلِعِي our misfortune that we are unable to understand the beauty of the verse. But what it is actually, at the time when the floods came, there was water from above, there was water from below, and there was no escape for anyone. So at the end of this whole event, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this one verse summarizes what had happened to end the storm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Waqila, it was announced. Ya ardublai ma'aki, O earth, swallow your water. Wa ya sama'u akli'i. And O sky, O heavens, stop sending down water. 
the water dissipated. الأمر, the command of Allah was complete. And that was the end of the story for the oppressors. So when he heard this, he said, Ya Allah, this one verse is better than my six, six months of effort. There's no way that I can, I can challenge or prepare anything which is equal to, to the Quran. So this is one of the, the beautiful verses in which there is um, very great intricacies in the Arabic language and also many, many rules of grammar the ulama have deduced from this particular verse. The next surah which I wish to touch on very briefly because inshallah we'll have a, a short dhikr uh, is Surah Yusuf, the story of Sayyidina Yusuf alayhi salam. And obviously, you've heard many times, uh, many of the scholars, mashallah, have elaborated on many parts. This, this surah is known as Ahsan al-Qasas. Allah has titled it as the best of events which have been recorded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran. And there are many points of wisdom in every part of the, the surah, whether it be the, the individual interaction between siblings, how they act with one another, how they interact with their parents when there is jealousy or when there is a temptation, there is a woman trying to seduce Sayyidina Yusuf salam, or due to him refusing and Allah protecting him from falling prey to her, her tricks and her plotting and scheming, he was placed in prison. So how does a prisoner conduct himself in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Then the event of him interpreting dreams for the inmates of the prison, thereafter coming out of prison and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala making him now a minister in, in Egypt. So how does a minister conduct himself in a way which pleases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? There are many, many, many lessons. Just one or two that I wish to share with you. The first, actually, before the story of Yusuf alayhi salam, Allah tells us in the beginning of the surah, and this is a very important lesson for us to understand that we have revealed the Quran in the Arabic language. That that we read in English or we read in any other language is the translation. It's not the Quran. The Quran is that which is in Arabic. It's a very important point to understand. Because if we miss this point, many times a person would think that by picking up the translation of the Quran, it would give him independence and he would be self-sufficient to be able to navigate his way through understanding what the Qur'an has to offer. I will give you one example. Surah Al-Ikhlas is a famous surah we recite. Okay? قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٍ And most of us would know the translation. In English we say, قُلْ Say, Allahu Ahad. Allah is? Speak, brothers. Okay. So that's an incomplete translation. Because one in Arabic is Wahid. Ahad the actual meaning of ahad is that being that doesn't comprise of components, it doesn't have parts. That's the meaning of ahad. And even the word wahid is one of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Asma'ul Husna, in the 99 names. Wahid is one of the names of Allah. But Imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah explains very beautifully. He says, Inna Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wahidun la min tariq al-adad walakin min tariq annahu la sharika lahu. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when we say wahid, it's not a number one because number one is part of number two. It's part of number three. It's a part of something else. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's oneness means he's independent of a partner. So Allah is wahid means he doesn't have a partner. It's not a number. And ahad in surah ikhlas is a being that doesn't comprise of components. So if we just say Allah is one, we don't even touch the surface of what is being intended by that particular part of the verse. Allah samad, we say Allah is independent. Okay. That's also a half a translation. Because independent means I can say, I don't need you. And you can tell me, well, I don't need you too. 
And Samad means Allah does not need His creation, but each and every creation needs Allah. So it's, it's two-sided. The meaning in the word has got two sides. And just by merely translating it, you wouldn't get that, that uh, message from the, from the translation. لم يلد ولم يولد. So in English we say, he does not beget nor was he begotten. He doesn't give birth nor was birth given unto him. But it's not only a particular form of birth. It means Allah doesn't have any shape that came out of another form or shape. Nor does anything come out from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So nothing, nobody can be his son. He doesn't have something which emanates or exits his existence. His existence is perfect without any uh, anything coming in or out of him. وَلَمْ يَكُلْ لَهُ كُفُوًا أَحَدٍ And there is nothing the like unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah tells us, إِنَّا أَنزَلْنَاهُ قُرْآنًا عَرَبِيًّا And this is why to learn the Qur'an, we need to learn it from someone. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if he wanted to, he could have sent the Qur'an directly to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Like he gave it to Sayyidina Musa alayhi wa sallam in the form of tablets. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala willed to send Jibreel alayhi wa sallam to teach us till the day of Qiyamah. That if you want to benefit from this book, you need a teacher. You need to sit in the company of someone. This is why Rasulullah sallallahu said, That the knowledge of deen you will get by staying in the company of somebody who is a scholar of deen. And the understanding of deen you will get by staying in the company of somebody who has the understanding of deen. Merely just picking up a book, like any field or any science, the specialists of those fields will tell you that just reading an article here and there, or maybe in you know, the Reader's Digest, you read a good article in those days. It doesn't mean that you're qualified in any particular field. You need to be in the company of the specialists of those fields. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens up for you the intricacies and the, the, the important aspects which are not visible to the average person. So the first is, أَنزَلْنَاهُ قُرْآنًا عَرَبِيًّا لَعَلَّكُمْ تَعْقِلُونَ So that you may use your intellect and, and apply your minds. Whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us, it conforms and it is natural to the, the existence of a human being, if only we could understand. The next... Oh, is time already? Okay. Uh, the next the point is, I'll try to be brief, is uh, about Sayyidina Yusuf alayhi salam when he narrates a dream that he saw to his father, that I saw a particular dream. There were stars and the sun and the moon prostrating to me. And his father, being a prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, knew that it had a good meaning. So with regards to dreams also, this was something well known to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. There's two lessons actually in this particular part. Yaqub alayhi salam tells him, don't tell your brothers because of the harms of hasad and jealousy. And the other lesson is to understand that dreams are interpreted by people who understand the functionality of, of dreams. And these are generally, in our terms, in Sharia, people who are well, well versed in Quran and the Sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, after Fajr, sometimes he would turn around and ask the congregation, did anybody see any particular dream? And if they would see a dream, he would inform them as to what the meaning of the dream is. So it's not that if you see something, we had a, 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 a guest a while back here, and he made a general statement that if you see this in a dream, 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 then somebody made jadu on you. It's not as easy and simple as that. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he had, he was blessed with this knowledge as well as Sayyidina Yusuf alayhi salam, being able to interpret and understand. It's another realm, it's another world where you see an image, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa saw himself drinking milk. And then he passed the milk on to Sayyidina Abu Bakr, as-Siddiq radiallahu anh. 
And then he passed it on to Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu. Sayyidina Umar drank to his full. Sayyidina Abu Bakr drank for a little bit. And he passed it to Sayyidina Umar. Somebody asked him, Oh, of Allah, what is the meaning of that? He said it means steadfastness on deen. It was actually a, a signal to the, the Khilafah of Abu Bakr, which was short two years. And Sayyidina Umar had a period of 10 years he was drinking. So outwardly, if somebody had to ask us, what's the meaning of milk? They say, maybe I saw milk in a dream. They say, well, maybe you had one, one too, too many milkshakes after, after Isha. So it has to be, the ulama say, you, you, you mention a dream to two, one of two people, a habib or labib. Habib means somebody that's close to you, that loves you, that would take a good meaning, or somebody who understands how meanings how the dreams function. And I apologize, but this is one story I want to share with you. Imam Malik, rahimahullah, Imam Malik, Imam Mudari al-Hijra, one of the four Imams of the four Madahib, he saw a dream that uh, he saw Malakul Maut, the angel of death. So when he saw the angel of death in his dream, he said to the angel of death, Kam baqiya min umuri? How, the most appropriate question, how long do I have to live? So Malakul Maut did this. So he said, خَمْسُ سِنِينَ أَمْ خَمْسَةُ شُهُورَ Is it five years, five months, five days? What is it? And the dream ended. So he went to Ibn Sirin, rahimahullah, who was a great interpreter of dreams. His name is well known. And he said, this is the dream I saw. He said, Ya Imam, Malakul Maut is not trying to tell you there's five years or five months or five days or five hours or five minutes. He's trying to tell you, إِنَّكَ سَأَلْتَنِي عَنْ خَمْسَةِ أُمُورٍ لَا يَعْلَمُهُنَّ إِلَّا الله. You ask me one of five things, the knowledge of which is exclusively the privilege of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inna Allaha indahu ilmu sa'ah. Only Allah knows when qiyamah will come. Wa yunazzilu al-ghayth. Allah is the one who sends rain and he knows the volume of rain, where, when and what time. Wa ya'lamu ma fil arham. And Allah knows in entirety what is encompassed in the womb of, of a female, whether it be human beings or animals. And also not only the gender. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't say, Allah knows the gender. That's only one part of, because somebody can say, well, we can also identify the gender. The word ma means everything related to the child. How much risk it will have, how its features will be, will it resemble the mother, or resemble the father? What will the, the future of the, everything related to the child is exclusively the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No person can be 100% sure what they will earn the next day. Nor does any person have certainty in which land they would leave this world. So he said, you asked me about one of those things which are exclusively the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why when we see a dream, then don't automatically assume that something that you, a dream you saw is bad or is good. You might ask the, the ulama and perhaps they'll be able to assist you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq. Respected brothers, it's the night of Jumu'ah also. And we are encouraged by Rasulullah sallallahu to send abundant salutations and salawat. It's the night of Jumu'ah in the month of Ramadan that we should also engage in the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all tawfiq, inshaAllah.